When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sam Williams is not happy with the Dallas Cowboys and he is using social media to let it be known. Tonight, we'll break down if that is something to be worried about or not and we'll talk about some more stuff. Here we go. Let's go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans tonight. While the state of Texas is locked in on baseball, honestly, we'll try to keep it with the Cowboys and we'll try to talk as much as we can about this situation that is evolving with Sam Williams, the pass rusher for the Cowboys. Second round draft pick, and we'll talk about a little bit more than that, actually. So I'm going to share with you the script. This is not the script. This is the script. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to talk about Sam Williams tweeting, free me, quote unquote, free me. And we'll talk about what it potentially means. We'll talk a little bit about the pass rush and why I had to look into the fact of whether it was an issue or not. We'll talk about Howie Roseman, the Eagles general manager, doing it again and the lesson that the Cowboys can learn from it. And towards the end of the show, we're bringing back overreaction Monday. One of my favorite segments from last year. We haven't done it at all this season, and I apologize for that. Might have to do with the fact that maybe I forgot to do it, or might have to do with the fact that there's been some intense games on Sundays, and maybe when we get to Monday, there's a whole lot we want to get to. But tonight, we're bringing it, we're bringing it back. Uh, so let's start with the Sam Williams situation here. Uh, I'm going to open it up to the chat, and I'm going to ask right now. Is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that Sam Williams is putting out these type of tweets? For those of you who have not caught up yet, this is what we're talking about. Sam Williams earlier in the week, actually the 17th of October, tweeted out, free me. That was his tweet with a picture of a dog trying to get out of a cage. To this he deleted the tweet immediately, pretty much. And Michael Beer had a tweet out that said, Sam Williams tweeted, free me in a since-deleted tweet after last night's win. And then he added, not sure what's going on here. And Sam Williams suddenly regretted deleting the tweet, probably, and quote tweeted that tweet and put out, it's so simple to understand, though. Obviously, this has to do with his playing time with the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's clear as day, and I think that to further confirm that, his likes 
were likes of the replies that were around the lines of your time is going to come, keep working, that sort of stuff. So, so Sam Williams was definitely 100% talking about his playing time that is pretty low or surprisingly low at least six games into the season. So let me know in the chat, do you think it's a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Toxic Tom bringing the hammer down. He says, it is the final deal. So over this clown, says Toxic. Jesus, what's up? Thank you for joining the show. We've got CVG saying, big deal. Why draft him in the second round if you don't plan to use him? We'll get into that in a little bit. Holly says, small deal. Let's see here. I trust Dan Quinn, says Kevin. D-Web says the Cowboys draft and redshirt guys until their contract year. When they have a few games, they ha get hyped up by the media, and then they get overpaid here or live in free agency. Let's see here. Big deal for Travis, but in a good way. He's just showing he's hungry. Uh, big deal. If he's not happy, maybe look at his production on the field, and he still won't be happy, says Peter Rizzo. Mark Aaron says that was a few weeks back. In fact, what happened a few weeks back was a different tweet, also showing some displeasure at the way that he's being used. This was pretty recent. This was after uh, the, the, the Chargers game. There was another instance during the season. I think this was after Leighton Van Der Esch's injury when there was a tweet out there. I don't remember by who. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, but there was a tweet out there along the lines of, now that Micah is going to play more linebacker, we're going to see more Sam Williams on the defensive line. And to that, Sam Williams replied, we wish. Like, kind of saying, we're, you're not going to see me on the defensive line because Micah is probably not going to play uh, linebacker. Or you could also interpret it as, they're not going to trust me to play defensive end, whatever. Clearly not pleased, though. Clearly not pleased with the way that he's being used. And that probably stems from the fact that he has a 29% snap count after six weeks, or I'm going to say seven weeks, even though the Cowboys have played six of them. Uh, we're going to say after seven weeks of the season, Sam Williams is at a 29% snap count, which is lower than down to Fowler, who is at 37%, and only slightly higher, excuse me, Durant's Armstrong, who is at 30%, and only slightly higher, higher than uh, Dante Fowler. So you can see that the Cowboys are not leaning into Sam Williams nearly as much as we thought they would. I don't know. Hey, I'm going to say it again because I, I, even I got it mixed up. I'm sorry about that. Sam Williams at 29%. I'm going to say it again. Armstrong higher at 37%. And then Fowler at 27%. Just wanted to say it again because I know that I messed it up and I didn't want to leave any doubts on you guys' minds. So there you go. We fixed it. Sorry about that. Put it on the bloopers. Uh, but yeah, Sam Williams not playing as much as we thought he would because I think that the overall sentiment around him was he's going to take such a big second-year jump. That's what we thought entering the 2023 season. And big part of that was about the usage that he was going to receive. It wasn't about the production. I don't think that Sam Williams was going to go over the production 
that he had as a rookie relative to the snaps that he was gonna or uh, was gonna have this season. What I mean by that is we didn't expect more productivity per snap, to put it one way, because he was insanely productive as a rookie in like 25% with a 25% snap count. So what we thought was that's going to go up and the production is going to be there to back it up. Maybe it's not going to catch up with that rate of playing time because he had like a 25% snap count and had like four sacks, 10 tackles for a loss. Maybe it wasn't going to be proportionate, the growth of his productivity with the growth of his playing time. But the fact is the playing time growth has not been there for Sam Williams. And now we're kind of questioning why exactly. To be fair, the numbers are not exactly great for Sam Williams as of right now. He's number nine on the team in pass rush win rate. To give you better perspective on that, Masia Smith has a better pass rush win rate than Sam Williams does. And you're probably thinking, well, they do play different positions. And to that, I say exactly. You would want him to have a better pass rush win rate than the nose tackle. Number seven in pressures, even though like Chauncey Goldston has more pressures than him to put it into perspective as well. So Williams is not having the otherworldly production in the limited playing time that he's received. And you kind of get to think, is it going to change or not? Is Sam Williams going to have more snaps or not? And I would lean towards saying no. Here's several reasons why. Number one, and perhaps the most important one, with all the issues of the field, with the arrests and with the penalties that he's been receiving, and with him being one of the main characters of the pregame scuffle against the Chargers, he could be forcing the Cowboys to play him with that otherworldly production, which I don't think is there right now. That's not to say that he's taking a step back as a player or anything like that. This is me just saying maybe the Cowboys would be willing to look past that if he was producing at the rate that he was producing at as a rookie, but he's not. And then number two, it's just that. It's the -the off-the-field issues. It's probably the fact that the Cowboys know that they're deep and they're going to get some good playing from Armstrong and Fowler, so they are okay with taking it easy with Sam Williams. And it's probably the penalties a little bit as well, because I I know that he's not leading the team in penalties or anything like that, but it's been frustrating penalties when he is called for them. Uh, So it's one of those things that if I had to bet, I wouldn't bet on the Sam Williams situation changing anytime soon, bearing any injuries, of course, and hopefully Sam Williams is able to fix whatever is going on beyond the field for the Cowboys to start considering him a little bit more or worst case scenario, hopefully he starts producing at such a high rate that the Cowboys are willing to look past the mistakes as long as they are getting the production on the field. Let's see what you guys have to say though about this whole thing. I know that it's a controversial topic to dive into, but I, I, you might correct me here. 
I don't remember over the last few years, like say the last three years, a player voicing his frustration so loudly in social media. And I'm not saying that it is super loud or that he is just taking over Twitter with 10 tweets uh, on the situation or anything like that. I just don't remember a cowboy saying something like that on social media, like, oh, they're not playing me enough. I don't remember that. Uh, I might be missing somebody here, uh, but let me know in the chat, especially over the last three years. Because my guy is pretty vocal on social media, but it's never, they don't play me enough or they don't let me do this or that, which is obvious because that's not Micah's situation at all. But I'm trying to think of who it could be. Uh, CD had that moment post-game versus the San Francisco 49ers where he was displeased and he was essentially letting it be known that he wanted the ball more and was not getting it. But that was different. He wasn't out there tweeting about it he was out there talking to reporters about it uh so if somebody can think of an example that i might be missing here i just do not remember somebody on the cowboys taking it to twitter like that toxic says amari cooper and that could be a good answer i don't remember like tweets i might be completely spaced out and forgetting about it but I don't remember it being a social media type of affair. I might be wrong. I totally might be. Uh, but if you can refresh my memory in that sense, go for it. Gregory says, Mo, why can't Sam Williams play outside linebacker when they can't find room for him on the edge? That's a good question. I, I will say, I will say they just don't look at him as a linebacker. Or, or I, I think you mean off-ball linebacker or because I think that's what you mean, Gregory, because otherwise it would be like the edge, it would be the same thing, right? So let's let's assume that you're talking about off-ball linebacker here just to be on the same page. I don't think that's what he is, simply. He might have done a little bit of that at Ole Miss, but what he projected as, as an NFL prospect, was always a defensive end, right? And people debated whether Ole Miss used him properly or not, or not but I think that had to do more with should he be playing inside the tackle or should he be playing in a more wide or a wider alignment? I don't think a lot of people really saw him as a off-ball linebacker. I know there were some rumors about him being a Micah 2.0 for Dallas that they would move around. I just don't know how serious that whole thing was. I just think that he hasn't prepared to play off-ball linebacker. Toxic Tom says growing up would be a good start. Talking about Sam Williams there. Mark Aaron says Fowler has been better. Armstrong hasn't done this year, though. Uh, done anything this year. I have some thoughts about that. We'll get to it in a few moments here on the show. But yeah, that, that's, that's my take on the whole Sam Williams situation. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. And I'm not a fan of it because I don't think that the Cowboys are going to appreciate him taking things to Twitter. And I'm not saying that, you know, the Cowboys should be against playing him just because of the tweets. I'm saying they're likely going to be against the whole thing because that's the way that they think. Toxic Tom mentioned Cooper. And even if it wasn't a social media thing, Cooper is probably not a Dallas Cowboys because of what he said of the field. So there's that. Now, 
Moving on, and on a related topic, just a quick thought here that I wanted to share. I looked into the pressure rate for the Cowboys because I'm surprised that they're not anywhere close to the top three or the top five in pressure rate, at least according to pro football focus. Excuse me, pro football reference, actually. And I thought that was a little bit weird because I would have thought, hey, even, even though Micah does not have as many sacks as some of the leaders or something like that, they're still getting the pressure in, and you can see that they didn't versus the San Francisco 49ers, maybe. And maybe the Cardinals game was a little bit rough in that sense. So maybe that could explain why the numbers are so low in pressure rate for Dallas. But it's also it's also been a season where the leaders are really boasting very high pressure rates. And that might be because of us being in week seven still. And maybe those numbers are going to regress as the season goes on. Because the Cowboys actually have a higher pressure rate now than they had last year when they led the entire league. This is all to say that I'm not really worried about the pressure rate, but here is an, a quick observation. Micah Parsons still killing it. We know that. Demarcus Lawrence is killing it this year versus the run, but also as a pass rusher. What I did notice was Armstrong and Fowler both ranked in the top 50 in the NFL last year, in total pressures. Right now, they are both outside of the top 65. And not saying that's a concern, but just saying the Cowboys are still maybe in the need to have somebody step up as a pass rusher, other than Lawrence and Micah. Armstrong, I believe, has been very good versus the run. Maybe not as a pass rusher, but versus the run, he's shown he showed up in a couple of different spots. But something to keep an eye on, pressure rate, not leading the league, not among the league leaders at this point, but it can change at any moment. And a perfect example of that is the Cowboys pressuring Justin Herbert at the highest rate he's faced all season long. That's what happened in week six when they faced each other on Monday night football. So I'm not panicking at all about the pressure, but I'm a little bit intrigued about what that looks like moving forward and whether or not somebody like Fowler or Armstrong or even Sam Williams in a turn of events steps up to the plate as the season goes on. Because you're not going to have one of the best pass rushes just because of Lawrence and Micah. Let's see here. Guru says, I would like to hear about the turf toe update on Sam Williams. Is it hampering him? I haven't seen him list on, listed on the injury report. Yeah, I, I would say no. Like, I don't think that's what's going on here. I don't think that, and I'm going to make sure here very quickly, but I don't think that Sam Williams is even listed anymore on the injury report. I don't remember that at all. So I do know what you're talking about, right? The, the injury from a while back. But that that doesn't really have a lot to do with this whole thing, in my opinion. It's just one of those attitude situations that the Cowboys are dealing with. I know that he hasn't been carrying a game designation or anything like that. I just want to see if he is on the list still with the toe. But no, he's not. Not for the week 
six uh, report, and I don't remember that being the case earlier in the year either. So to answer your question, Guru, that shouldn't be an issue right now. It's all about the Cowboys not giving him the opportunity yet to really step up in snap count percentages and else and and you know otherwise. Toxic Tom says Mo Sam Williams aggravated his toe when he was speeding from the police. Oh, come on, man. The lead foot says Mark Aaron. Man, that Jerry Jones quote is still so wild to me when he was out there and he was talking about improvement because he had knocked off a few miles per hour off of his time. That was crazy. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here and let's talk about some NFL news. And honestly, some NFL news that should serve as a lesson for the Cowboys. You know know what I'm talking about already. This was courtesy of the Philadelphia Eagles. A little bit of envy from Cowboys fans, I think, would be understandable. But Philadelphia upgrading their biggest position of need, arguably the safety position. They're sending Terrell Edmonds. And man, Terrell Edmonds has played quite a lot for the Eagles. So this is not a bench player that they are trading away. He might have two starts officially, but you look at the snap counts, Edmonds was a de facto starter for Philadelphia. They're trading him away along a 2024 fifth rounder and a sixth rounder. And in return, they are getting two-time all-pro safety, Kevin Byard. Oh, man. That feels like a little bit of a gut punch if you are a Cowboy fan. Because the Eagles have been doing this consistently. And you look at the details of the trade, and it gets even better for Philly because it turns out that out of the $11 million that we're going to be paid to the old pro defender, $7 million of them were already paid by the Titans or have to be paid by the Titans because they were converted into a signing bonus. So it's a deal that is going to involve very little cash on the Eagles side. It's Howie Roseman doing his thing again. And all they are getting rid of is a fifth rounder and it is a sixth rounder. And you look at this this whole thing and you're like, this team just destroyed the Miami Dolphins. Maybe it was close here and there, but for the most part, that was a game where the Eagles dominated on offensive line and on defensive line. They just were taking care of the trenches. Slow down one of the best offenses in football. And then one day later, they're like, nah, we need to be better, actually. Boom. Get the phone. Get the Titans on the phone. And get their old pro safety. That's a little bit of a a painful lesson there where we're like, okay, there's about one more week to go before the trade deadline. It's going to be on October 31st. That is a Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. That is a trade deadline in the NFL. So now you're like, okay, Cowboys, it is your turn. But even if the Cowboys pull the trigger on a trade, and we talked about a few possibilities last week when we were talking about maybe targeting Corlin Sutton 
or maybe going for Kristen Fulton, actually, from the Titans as well, or maybe going for a backup linebacker. Things of that nature, I, I think we're only in agreement that the Cowboys are unlikely to get somebody as impactful as Kevin Byard is going to be to the Eagles. And when you look at that and you're like, hey, man, this Eagles team is feeling every single weakness that they can at this point. You got to respect it and you got to be like, Cowboys need to do more of that if they want to win the NFC East in 2023, which is looking a little bit tougher now. You know, the Eagles are 5-1. and one. Obviously, it's way too early. A lot of football left to be played, especially with two games for uh, uh, between each other. So got to go with uh, some respect for the Eagles right there. Gregory says, Mo, who do you think is the better GM, Joe Schoen of the Giants or Jerry Jones? I'm going to go with Stephen on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Stephen on that one, probably. Shout out to Katharina. Shout out to Katharina sticking up for the show on the Facebook chat and going after the number one fan of, of ADZ Sports Dallas primetime, Russell Vanderpool. Uh, here we go. D-Web says, does anyone know why Desmond King got cut? I have not looked into that situation at all. I know that Desmond King has been a little bit of a ups and, uh, uh, ups and down story. I do know he was released, but didn't, nah, he, he remains a free agent. I don't know why they released him. I might ask around and try to come up with an answer for tomorrow's show, D-Web. That's a good question for sure. Jerry and McClay says Mark Aaron. Troy says, imagine a Cowboy team with no linebacker issues, Micah and Evans, Bell to safety. You know how I feel about playing Micah at linebacker. I don't want to see that at all. I have no interest in seeing Micah Parsons as an off-ball linebacker other, other than maybe a handful of games. That's all I want at, at most. Other than that, though, leave Micah on the defensive line. I'm fine with that. Marquise Bell, I'm happy with him at linebacker. Like More than that, I, I'm not that intrigued to watch him at safety, so I'm good with him staying at linebacker. I do want to see more of Rashawn Evans, though. I'm intrigued, and he will likely be elevated for the first time next Sunday. So we'll see how that whole thing looks like. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we are one week away from the NFL trade deadline. We'll see if the Cowboys try to one-up the Eagles or not. Chances are they will not, but hopefully they do. Hopefully they prove us all wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's get into the overreaction Monday segment of this show, and then we'll get out of here. Can somebody tell me what the heck is going on on Monday Night Football? Because I'm hearing, I, I'm hearing noises in my living room, and then I'm getting notifications from the ADZ Sports Slack on the game, and then I'm getting a text from my girlfriend saying, WTF this game. I need to know what is going on. Because what I've got here on my monitor is Game 7 of the American League Championship Series. <laughs> so right now, somebody let me know what the heck is going on on Monday Night Football. 
are the Vikings putting up an effort to bring down the 49ers? I need to know. Somebody, please go ahead and, and let us know in the chat. Uh, all that being said, now we can get to overreaction Monday. And there's a lot to say. Some of you might remember how this whole thing works. But for those of you who are new to the show, or for those of you who want a refresher, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to say a statement, and you're going to let me know in the chat if that is a fair reaction or if that is an overreaction. So here we go. Number one, the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC after beating the Lions the way that they did. Because, man, that was a dominant win. Let me know in the chat, is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? Let's see what you guys have to say. Oh, yeah. The Niners are down 7-16. to 16. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, Brett says 16-3, to 3, so now I don't know who to believe here because we're getting conflicting scoreboards in the chat. Let's see. Catherine says overreaction. Gregory is going to go with overreaction as well. I'm going to go. Uh, Peter Rizzo also goes with over. So we're getting a whole lot of overreactions right now with the Baltimore Ravens. Man, y'all just dropped a third different scoreboard in the chat. <laughs> you, you, you guys are going to I'm going to have trust issues after this show. Ines is for reaction. I'm going to go with slight, slight overreaction. I think that the Ravens put themselves at number two, firmly at number two behind the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think they're clearly above the Buffalo Bills. And for now, I'm going to say they are above the Miami Dolphins too, especially after what we saw on Sunday night. But man, Ravens, legit defense. Lamar Jackson playing at an MVP caliber level. The one thing that's keeping me with the Chiefs is always... Mahomes and Reed, but now a good defense because they're playing a very good defense. So I'm going to stick with the Chiefs for now. Number two, number two on this list, the Pittsburgh Steelers at four and two are legit. They just bit the LA Rams who are next up for the Cowboys. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? And then the next one, Will be an NFC East one, I promise. But I did want to bring this one up because I th thought it was a little bit intriguing. Let me know in the chat. Steelers are legit overreaction or fair reaction. Toxic Tom says over. Brett also goes with over. Mark Aaron with the score update for the MLB game, 8-2. Yes, sir. We do have the one right here. And man, I, do I want to see the Astros lose this one. Oh, you guys are not hesitating. Brett, Gregory, Kevin, Peter, Jack, Katharina, all go with overreaction. Ines says, fair, the Steelers are legit. I'm going to go with overreaction right here. I'm going to go with overreaction, and I'm going to say that offense cannot be called legit. But a nice reminder that Mike Tomlin is an absolute dog. And he had his team ready after the bye week. I do really appreciate who Mike Tomlin is. Shout out and respect to him. Final one 
of tonight. And we don't have a Cowboys one since they didn't play. But we're going to have Cowboys-related stuff here as well. But let's talk about the Eagles. Eagles are a lock to win the NFC East. Let me know in the chat. Overreaction or fair reaction. That's going to... That's going to cause some feelings, I think, in the chat right now. They're 5-1, and one, and the Cowboys are 4-2. and two. But, man, oh, man, do they feel a little bit different, don't they? Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Eagles are locked to win the NFC East. I'm really intrigued about what answers we get in the chat right now. Katharina says fair. Gregory says over. Panama says super bettable, super beatable, excuse me, not a lock. Toxic Tom says over, a lot can change till the postseason. Ronnie says I was rooting for Miami, but they didn't pull. Danny Savage says lock. The Eagles lost to the Jets, destroy. So Brett says fair. Kevin says fair. Peter Rizzo says he still got 11 weeks, but it's fair. Ines is fair. I'm going to say overreaction but I am gonna say right now they're probably the significant favorites but I'm gonna say overreaction because I do agree there's a lot of football left to be played we've seen them be a little bit inconsistent in certain areas but 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 the Cowboys have had their number offensively speaking over the last few years I don't know how that's going to look like with Mike McCarthy running the show, but you cannot question or you cannot deny that Kellen Moore really did light up the scoreboard a few times against the Eagles' defense. So will that remain the case or not? Obviously, with a different play caller, we'll see. But the Eagles, man, do look pretty complete right now, especially after that Miami Dolphins game. And they are doing a good job coaching-wise. That defense is pretty good. I do like what Sean Desai is doing as a defensive coordinator. But I still think that the Cowboys are very talented. I still think that they have such a good defense. And you guys know that I have not given up on that defense at all. Like it, To me, it's still one of the best units in the entire league. And I thought that it was a little bit disrespected entering week six against the Chargers. That has changed. Since they dominated that game, defensively speaking. So I'll say over. I'll say over, but I'll say they're favored. And they probably should be favored. One thing that really works against the Cowboys, especially in a scenario where they split the series, to put it one way, is that the two losses that the Jets have had, excuse me, the, the one loss that the Jets has had uh, was an AFC loss. And the Cowboys have two NFC losses. So that's a little bit of a concern. But I'm going to say overreaction as well. And I think that the rest of the chat pretty much agreed with the whole thing. There were a few fairs though. So there you go. Controversial topic. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the show and I'll see you tomorrow night. Here in ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime, we'll have a good Tuesday show. We'll talk about the Gallup Pulvert situation, or at least that's the plan for right now. It might change. We might get some roster moves by the Cowboys because there, there have four 
spots open on the practice squad. So maybe we'll talk more about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.